What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Random Car Guys. Mike and here, your host, back with another episode. Uh, I think we're going to talk about some German stuff today, which because my guest seems to have a love for German cars, uh, German touring cars to be specific, but also he's had some British cars, so we'll we'll uh, forgive him for that stuff. Uh, but yeah, my guest today is Connor Brazier, who. I mean, I think the first time we met, or probably I saw you, you had the Green Lotus, which is way oh, back. Oh, yeah. Way back. Way, way back. Uh, but for people listening who have no idea who you are, tell us a little bit about you before we dive into the car stuff. Um, yeah. Um, just about to turn 30. Um, average guy, you know, I like, I love cars, mm-hmm. you know, kind of unhealthy hobby. Love, love, love cars. I'm a dentist by trade, so that's kind of the nine to five. And um, yeah, you know, I always ask my patients, the first thing I ask is, what do you like to do for fun? And I just hope in the back of my mind that they say cars so I can just nerd out and just forget about work for (laughs) a minute. Um, And you know, most of the time it's reading and whatever else, but you know, love cars. Um, Always kind of been that way growing up. Uh, Married, have one little daughter, one on the way. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, simple guy. You have a boy on the way or a girl? Another girl. So I'm a straight girl dad. Yeah. Uh, but that hasn't stopped me from getting them underneath there, having me help with projects. It's, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the dentist thing, uh, was that just like, hey, I'm going to dentistry. Like, I've always kind of wanted to do it. Or was it like, hey, I might make some money out of this. I can afford different cars if I go into the medical profession. Like, what was the reason for becoming a dentist? Yeah, great question. Um, truthfully... My dad and brothers are both dentists. Ah, okay. So it's just a family of dentists. Yeah. And I wanted to be the outlier to do medicine. I wanted to do medicine, and I kind of went down that path through college. And you have to have so many, like, assisting hours and, like, shadowing hours to Mm -hmm. do either one, dental or or medicine. And um, I kind of asked all the previous providers that I would, like, assist with and shadow with just if they like their jobs. And all of them said yes. But they would do a different field in medicine. And I just remember thinking, like, man, I wonder if it's the same with dentistry. So I went out to some of my non-family you know, family members and was like, hey, do you guys like your career? And all of them were like, yes, I would do it over every time. And so I was like, you know, that's kind of a lot of the, you know, food for thought I needed, all the proof of the pudding I needed. And, um, and even before that, it was either I was going to do something in automotive, like maybe engineering or designing or something like that. Or I was going to make enough money to afford cars. It was one or the other. Work on them or, or, or buy them, essentially. And, um, yeah, I, I like working with my hands. I used to paint, kind of draw a lot when okay. I was younger. And dentistry is one of those cool things where you can work with your hands. You can have a nice career. You can talk and help people. You can help people do stuff that they can't physically do for themselves. So it's gratifying yeah, that way, yeah. too. And, um, yeah, man, I'm really happy with it. Nice. So you get your first love of cars from dad? Uh, I mean, I know what your yes. dad drives, and I know your dad's stuff of cars, but I want people, you know, I'm interested yeah. to learn. No, my dad's, like, for the people who don't know, my dad's got a crazy collection of cars. Yeah. Um, yes and no. Like, my dad, he had cars growing up because he had a car lot on the side. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. he had cars. So he'd come home with like new Corvettes all the time. And I would just beg him to take me around the block yeah, and yeah. new Corvettes. And, um, yeah, he liked cars, but it was a like, it wasn't like a love affair. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I think ever since, uh, you know how there's just kids who mm-hmm. grew up holding cars in all the yeah. family photos. That was just me. Yeah. You know, if I was ever lost somewhere, I was out like pretending like I was driving my dad's cars or pretending like I was riding his motorcycles, yeah, you yeah. know, ever since, ever since I could walk and I would just keep myself entertained for hours, just playing cars. So my love started definitely very early. Um, and I think a lot of it did ha- did spawn from my dad though, just having yeah. cool stuff around the house. Well, uh, probably looking back, you're like, there were always cars around, right? It was not mm-hmm. like dad was out drag racing with street outlaws. It was just yeah. or like under the car mechanically kind of doing it a lot himself. He's like, it's, they were just always around, right? So that makes a lot of sense when you kind of look back at it to see. And like I said, they were just, you know, even even when you think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, a Corvette generally isn't that expensive, right? right? But it looks cool. It does. right? It and when you're a kid, you're like, I want to go in that, right? Yeah. Like a chrome wheels and it makes a loud noise and it's got a yeah. you know, convertible and you're like, that is cool. So back then it was the C4. Oh, wow. The C4. And uh, my dad loves the story. But basically he had a car lot. And I don't know if he Does just got into it. Is that the pop-up headlines? 
It is, yeah. The last one with the five. Yeah, the five, yeah. Well, I think I it's think, the one. Or did the five have headlights? I think the five had it okay. as well. But the C four had the like famous. I think they're called like salad tossing okay. wheels. I can't remember, but they look like little blades. You know, yeah. very nineties, very nineties look. But he had like five different colors. I, you know, just like right. he'd, he'd buy one, you know, drive for a little bit, then sell it. And so he had all these colors. And I just loved it, man. Big long doors, big V eight. Yeah, super cool. It's interesting because you haven't had a Corvette yet, have you? I haven't, no. <laughs> you're talking about a little like Corvette, no. so you're like, oh, yeah, no. no. I mean, I would like, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Feel, I don't like the new ones. I the, like the C8. That. Yeah, C7's yeah. like peak Corvette for me. Or the C3 with like a resto <sighs> mod C3, like that shape is just. I saw yeah. one coming down the road yet uh, yesterday, and I was like, oh, they still look so good, but like Dude. underneath it, trash. You need to rebuild the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of a love hate relationship with Corvette. Um, I don't know. I feel like if you take the body weight mm. of the car, like if it was just the chassis, if it was just yeah. the powertrain, if it was just the chassis, it's a hell of a package. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter which manufacturer put their name on right. it. You'd be like, damn, that's impressive. But when you put the Corvette cladding on it, which is just like plasticky, you can like rest on it and it'll push itself in, you know, yeah. like very, very Chevy. <laughs> I don't know. I just... It's it's definitely great value horsepower. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like the sure. the great value brand of cereal horsepower, but very impressive, very impressive. Yeah, for the money, great. right? For the it, money, it's crazy so impressive. Yeah. Uh, so, what was I guess that first kind of car for you then when you turned sixteen? Oh man, I didn't get to choose my car. You know, okay. like it was given well, to me. Yeah. I had the the farm truck, which yeah. basically meant that I could drive this truck if I went to the ranch and worked. Well, you, like that was so the thing. Because you have a family ranch, I assume you were driving on that before you turned, before you had a license. Um, kind of, a, kind of a crazy thing. So this is a side of me that you'll probably never guess. But when I was, so my dad, and I, I love how we're talking about him. But my dad is a. He'll have his chance to yeah, set the record straight sometime. if he wants to. Yeah, my, uh, my dad grew up in Idaho. Okay. He had a farm okay. and uh, kind of just grew up farming. And I remember one Christmas we went out to visit uh, his family and his. Grandma said, man, your boys don't know which side of a cow is what, you know, to, to save some verbiage in there. <laughs> and uh, my dad was embarrassed, you know, me and my brother were, were only a year apart, but we were like 10 years old, you know. And so we get back to Oklahoma and probably eight months later, my dad like says, hey, you two get in the truck. We're going to go out and look at something. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, so we get in the truck, we head out and my dad buys this land buys like 80 head of cattle and he's like welcome to your new job and so from the time I was like 11 till I graduated high school yeah I was he had me working on a ranch like part-time you know just like helping him with just ranch crap and he's a dentist as well remember by trade so this is all just just for fun just to teach me my brother just to be you know knuckle draggers essentially and uh and also kind of stick it to your grandmother a little bit yeah a little bit yeah I mean I love that, you know, like I do too. it's kind I of embarrassing. Like I hated like going to high school, you know, my truck had like cow pies on it, but now like working like just hard work, yeah. stuff like that just makes you not ashamed of working hard. It makes you just sure. get in. If something's wrong, you just get in and fix it. And you know, that's it. So kind of interesting story, but yeah. So going back to that, when I was 16, I didn't have a choice of a car, but if I could have picked, it would have been something sporty. It would have been, yeah. You know, back when I was in high school or approaching the age of 16, I loved the 335i BMW. Yes. Because it was cheap. It's the last great shape them through. Really. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah, I'm they're, 32, so we're the same, kind okay, of there the you same go. era of like cars. Yeah. So I just remember thinking like, man, that car, if you tune it, it's faster than the M3 and it's cheap and I could totally afford one. You know, that's yeah. kind of what I wanted when I, when I turned 16. But you yeah. always kind of had an eye for then German stuff as well, then, even at a young age. Yeah. Um, it was all just a little bit more exotic, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I was just a little bit more um, finely crafted. And I feel like it's different, you know? When you grow up in Oklahoma... So you're not from Oklahoma, are you? No. You're from England? Wales. Wales, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so Mustangs here are just like a dime a dozen. Yeah. You know, same with Corvettes, even. Like, I have friends... So I, I went to college in, in Utah, and you never see Corvettes out there. You never see Mustangs. But here, it's just a dime a dozen. So it, like that... 
that sex appeal of an American car just wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of had my eye on German things. And I also remember like when YouTube was just barely becoming a thing in middle school, watching like the the Autobahn blast of like the M5s, the V10 M5s, all that kind of stuff. Like I remember thinking, man, that's just incredible. And so, yeah, I guess it kind of started with, with YouTube, just high speed runs, top speed run, you know, Google searches. Sure, yeah, yeah. Kind of started my, my love affair with German cars. And, uh, yeah, never, never looked back from there. Yeah. We're still going. Yeah. Uh, so you dental school, I assume, you know, you go to Utah for school. Yeah. Went there for undergrad. Undergrad. And where do you go then for dental school? I went back here, actually. I oh, got nice. married, brought my wife back to Oklahoma. She's from Utah? She's from Utah. Okay. Yeah. So a little different right. coming down here from Utah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, she's a good sport, though. You know, we went to OU for dental school, which was great. You know, it's good to be here with with, uh, with our family. Yeah, yeah. A hell of a lot cheaper living here than anywhere else, essentially, mm-hmm. too. And so in-state tuition, too. Great. Yeah. Great stuff. Was the plan then like to go into like the fan, like dad's family business or then to all start your own? Uh, I was going to wait and see what opportunities were available, uh-huh. you know, and it just so happens that I could um, buy in to be a partner at my dad's. Uh-huh. And then so I'm kind of working a few days with him and and my brothers, all kind of partners in a couple offices there and then another couple offices, just me and my other brother and uh in midwest city yeah. as well is he into cars as well um so i'll put it this way all my whole family are car uh lovers like they, they appreciate sure. cars but it's not to an unhealthy level like it is with me like they yeah. don't work on their cars they don't yeah. obsess over history they like the details. nicer things they like the yeah. nicer things in yeah, life yeah. for sure but it's that not like sense. a unhealthy level yeah yeah so so obviously then going through this time you're like back here doing dental school are you like with some money in your pocket buying something or do you wait until you graduate and you have like a job and you're like okay you know you bring your wife back so you know you've got bills and a wife and everything else like what's the state of the uh the car kind of scene for you at that time so um kind of interesting so while i was in undergrad at at BYU in Utah, yeah. um, I ended up becoming like a branch manager in summer times for a pest control company. Yeah, And it sounds ridiculous, but there's like a ton of money in that. And uh, throughout undergrad, I would lead teams, like basically a sales job almost, lead teams to sell door-to-door pest control and we were super successful. Like it wasn't my team. It was like somebody else's, like they recruited me to do it. But, um, all my buddies, we'd go out and we'd be super successful. We'd round out the, um, round out the, the year doing over a hundred grand in like four months. Wow. And so throughout under undergrad, you know, like I was paying for my school, I was paying for all my stuff and I was saving up for dental school, but I also had, you know, surplus money and I'm married and you married guys will know that like, if you, if you lose money on cars, your wife will never forget it, you know? So you have to still be thrifty. Yes. But um, in undergrad, I was able to buy some cars, and then that's kind of where I all started. The first car I bought um, was a C63. It was a 2013, uh, the nice. big 6.2 liter V8, um, and that's the car I met my wife in. And... Uh, yeah, that's, that's really where the love for third German cars just like exploded. Um, I drove an M3, mm-hmm. a E92 M3 that same day. And it was really, really fun. It was, you know, it was like a nice car, but when I drove that AMG engine, just like stepping on the gas, the thing tried to break loose at like 40 miles an hour. And I was just like, I'm, I need this, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I can't live without this car. And then uh, to kind of fast forward, I jumped through different cars through mm-hmm. throughout undergrad. I had like a Nissan GTR. I had some other stuff that was super fun. And it all revolved around me not losing money on cars, like being yeah, very yeah, thrifty yeah. with it, like when to get in and when to get out. And that's kind of what I did all throughout undergrad and then all throughout dental school and then to now. Yeah, like that's... Um that's a great part of like when to get in and when to get out, right? Because I think a lot of people look at, you know, like we go to coffee and cars, right? And you see people pull up and you're like, how the hell do they afford that? Yeah. Right? And, you know, and, and as, a, as a guy, we're always just like, like, 
it's weird, right? Because out here, no one's really worried about financing stuff. Whereas back mm-hmm. home, it's kind of like taboo, even though people do it. Yeah, it's kind of looked down on. It's so weird. It's like, oh, you, you can't afford a cash. Well, no normal sane person would spend eighty grand cash when they can buy it and do other stuff with the money that they have if they could buy a cash. Right? That's kind of right. how we look at it out here. Whereas yeah. back home, they don't. And we always thought that's strange. But you know, you see people, and you're like, but if you trade up, if you you know you work at it, you trade up. Yeah, right? like. And it's a game, isn't it? Like, it is. It totally you know, is. It, and especially when you're buying like stuff that's kind of built to last. Yeah. You know? And and you can look at the trends of okay, this one's like five, ten, maybe fifteen years old. People who dreamed about this car and that mm-hmm. kind of like perfect example with the car, you know, your E ninety, right? People yeah. Are like they're gonna go through the roof. Same with like you know the old Subarus are starting to go up. And yeah. Like, all of that stuff. Once you catch onto that trend, nine nine sixes, nine nine sevens are going through the roof now. Oh, Porsches, absolutely. Like, but if you get in. Yeah. You know, I tell this to people all the time. People say, hey, I can't afford, you know, anything crazy. I truthfully believe that there is a lust worthy car at every dollar point. Yeah. At 10 grand, there's a lust worthy car at 20, at 30, 40, 100, 150. Like there's, there are cars that are like just, you know, you know, the Haggerty Bull, Mm -hmm. Bull List, Mm -hmm. you know, that's about to go crazy. The cars that are going to go up. So I feel like there is a car at every price point. And I kind of have this like running list of cars I want to own. And I've crossed, that's how I keep going through all these cars because I just keep crossing them off. Like there are experiences I want to have in a car. And I just go back to my list and I'm like, okay, what's next? And I find this list and I find, okay, what car do I think is going to be recession proof for the next year? Yeah. So you're only looking at it short term for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way I see it is if you buy a car three to five grand under market, when you buy it, because you make your money when you buy a car, sure. not when you sell it. Yeah. So if you buy three to five thousand under market in a year, not a lot can change. Mm. So let's just say it does dip five thousand. We already bought it five thousand below. You trade in at zero, or you sell it for zero loss, and that's yeah. truthfully, that sounds ridiculous. But I haven't lost any money in the last like wow. nine cars I bought because you buy smart. You know, you buy a few grand less, you sell it for market value when you're done with that a year later. Yeah, and none's the wiser. Through so shrewd negotiating, dude. It sounds extremely shrewd, <laughs> but trust me, you guys Shout who have wives Bullion, out there, yeah, you guys who have wives out there will know. Like any any bad investment you make just gets just gets carried well, over yeah, your head, you know, course. when you're married. So I love my wife. She's a saint. She's amazing. She, yeah. she allows all this crap to happen. But a lot of it is like, hey, no, babe, listen, we've only made money the last yeah. whatever cars. Yeah, know. when it's black and white on a balance sheet and you're like, hey, we're up. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, like, Sometimes you need that. that, that right, because uh, let's be honest, nobody power. makes money on cars in the in the general yes. world, right? right? You know, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, I've got this one. I'm going to have it for 10 years. I'm going to lose, you know, you know, you go buy a normal car for $20,000 or whatever it is. And like, it's just an appliance at that yeah, point. And it is, you know, it's not what you said, keeping it. Cause I think a lot of people don't want to go through the hassle of just selling cars. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's not that hard. I, I, I'm, I'm, I am guilty of it. I don't like selling stuff like that. Selling houses. I mean, I do it for a living. It's a pain in the ass, but like selling cars just seems to be like, People want a hassle-free experience, don't they? Yeah. So if they can trade something in, right, which is probably how, you know, why dealerships do what they do, right? Because someone shows up and they're like, oh, yeah, just trade it in and we'll use the other keys, use your payment, your payment's changed, done. Yeah. But if it's, if it's your doing what you're doing, then it's, you know, you're probably not trading it into a dealership, right? You're finding someone no, to buy it from you. No, and, you know, I think everybody's going to be different here, but, like, there there is definitely a time consideration. You know, back when I was in school, not making hardly any money, your time isn't worth very much because you're not making any money. So, you know, there is definitely that, like if you have a full-time job, if you're very successful with your job and and it will truthfully take away from your, your money making job to sell your cars privately, then whatever the hit will be worth it. But if your, um, time isn't as valuable and you have a few hours to go show somebody a car or whatever, then you can do it. I just think the biggest fallacy of like to go to, to, you know, circle around is that you can't owning cars is inheritive you know it's just it's going to be a pricey thing i don't i don't think that's true i think if you do it right like if you think yeah. if you just plan a little bit ahead and a little bit after or you do some ed bullion negotiations like yeah. it's really not as bad of an investment as people make it out to be yeah so give us some practical tips and some top advice or generally your oof you know 
game plan on on how you know what you've looked at is it kind of a yearly is it a age of car thing or is it a because obviously that's just going to evolve over time isn't it which is you know do you look at like oh this one's 10 years old now now it's going to be in that window um not, not? not necessarily not i just think that. um just think about any car you want yeah. you know why do you want it uh, and for me, it's, you know, the way it sounds, the way it looks, something like that. And I just think, okay, if I want it for those reasons, I bet there's somebody else who wants it for those reasons yeah. too. And if I want it, somebody else wants it. So when I go to sell it, somebody else is going to want it too. And so I just feel like the cars that car or the cars that car enthusiasts want and love, like they're always going to command a premium gotcha. because someone's always going to want them. And so if you can get one at a lower price and I love modifying cars, like nothing crazy, you know, but I really love like the OEM plus look of cars and it doesn't take much to drastically change the way a car's like sex appeal is. Mm. Usually it's very little like dollar amounts, like nothing, nothing too crazy. And so I'll buy cars, you know, I'll modify them. I'll have a ton of fun with them. And when I go to sell them, I just think that they're just clean examples because I'm very particular with the stuff, you know, sure. probably just like anyone else listening to this very particular. And um, when I go to sell them, I feel like they look great. They're just perfect examples of like what that car could be. The 190, mm-hmm. great example. Like I, you know, have that car now. It's it's a, for those who don't know, it's, I have a 1987, we'll probably talk about it later, 1987, one of two years that they're brought to the United States, Mercedes 190E Cosworth. And to those who know, it's just like the, the epitome of the DTM style car. Um, it's a dogleg five-speed manual that was homologated because that's what they raced with in DTM perfect condition interior, perfect condition outside. I put like the DTM wheels on it. You know, it's got the AMG like period correct exhaust. Like it just looks like it could have rolled off of like a DTM showroom type floor. And I I love it. And I can't imagine somebody else who appreciates that era of car would look at it and be like, you know, nah, that's not for me. I bet they would just love it too, you know? And so yeah, uh, I, I've got ADD, i got to be honest with you. So sometimes I'll yeah. just go off on these random little splurts here. But basically, to, to bring it back... Um, uh, I this buy- is a podcast for car people, so you can nerd out as much as Good. you want. Because there's someone on the end of the end, someone listening that. with headphones. I'm thinking, sure this someone's is listening. Me too. Yeah, yes. yeah, here we go. We're speaking my religion right now. Um, but yeah, to, to, to say kind of how I look at cars, I, I, just, I go to the cars that I want because yeah. I know that somebody else wants them too. Then I say, okay, what is like the preferred options of that car? So like, what is the best year? What is the best like, you know, packages that someone else who's nerding is going to want here? And I find it. And then I try to find one, even if it's like not perfect, you know, I try to find one that has like real good bones on it, you know, that kind of deal. And then I try to negotiate and just keep, keep my eye on the market. Usually when I buy a car, I'm looking for six months. Okay. Sometimes I find one in the first month. Sometimes I find one in the last month. But usually it's like a six-month process. And in that time, I'll go on the forums of that car, and I'll look about every single possible thing that could go wrong with it. And so when I go to buy the car, I, I, mean, I buy privately because, you know, that's where you get the best deals. People are hurting the most. They want to okay. sell. The most eager to sell under, under value. And I'll just know everything to look at because I've already read all the forums. I know what the problems are on the car. And I'll go through them. And if I find them, then I'll say, hey, this is here. They probably already know about it. And they cut you a little slack. Sometimes they don't, whatever. But you buy the car. um, You already know everything about it. You already know the things that could go wrong. You're into a good one. And yeah, that's that's pretty much how I do it. I know you make your money in the beginning. So like I said, you, you try to negotiate that way. I always buy... I never buy locally because I feel like you never get a good deal. I don't mind flying like to a different state and just driving it home because you just you never get the same deal if you try to stay within your hundred mile radius. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That's it, really. Know everything about the car. Look nationwide. You make your money in the beginning. Um, get get even if it's an older year, like even if it's an older model, get the highest trim. Because options don't matter when you're when you're on the used market. They matter a ton when you buy a car new, but on the used market, it makes zero difference. So get get the fully loaded daddy, you know. Yeah, yeah. So where'd you get the 190 from then? It was in Washington. Okay. Washington. I've been looking for years. That that's been on my bucket. That's a dream coffee, right? It is. Yeah. It really is. Um, and it only came in two colors. One is called smoke silver, mm. which is actually like this 
beige. Um, people call it accountant beige. It looks horrible. And then there's the shadow black, which is just, yeah. it's kind of like a gray black. And this one popped up for sale and it had 70,000 original miles, which automatically you're like, whoa, that's, that's amazing. Uh, the exterior body looked perfect. Um, it ran, it runs and drives, which I know sounds ridiculous, but like a lot of those Cosworth engines are just kind of 35 years old. Yeah. They're yeah. kind of just, and they're temperamental. We can talk about that later, but they're super temperamental. And, um, it was like 35 grand, which is more expensive truthfully for, for one of those, but it was like perfect, everything else. And, you know, I might have to knock on some wood here, but I truthfully think in like five to seven years, it's going to be worth a hundred grand. Yeah. I, I really do. I, cause like, um, ah, I'm getting off topic again here, but the, I can't remember what game it is. If it's like Forza or one of the like Gran Turismo games, the new cover car is a 190, which that's a, you know, that's a 35 year old car. And yeah. now, now it's coming back to the forefront. Jason Camisa, amazing automotive journalist. I'm sure you know. Anyways, he has a 190 and he just did that icons with the M3. And he told the real story that the 190 is the whole reason why we even have an M3. And I think the more that people realize that, the more people are going to go back digging for those cars. And they, a lot of them were not maintained like at all. And just like 1700 came to the United States, like not very many. That's great. Like he was either 1700 or 1900. I can't remember, but I do know that of the 87, the last year, only 700 were, were available. So not many, um, definitely not many under 100,000 miles and definitely not many in, in good condition. And so when it came for sales like this, I don't care, even if it is like a little bit more money, I think in five to 10 years, this thing is going to be worth just an absolute ton. And there comes a point, you know, when the experience of a car is no longer worth what you have to pay to get it. Right. You know, like I love, like I'm going to buy one of these, you know, I'm going to buy a first gen NSX, no question. I'm going to buy one because I, I love those. But when they get above a hundred grand, they've gone nuts, right? They've gone nuts. Yeah. yeah the, the later ones, but even like the, the early gen, like the 91, 92 or whatever, 92, 93s, when those get above a hundred grand, I am going to have to sit there and think, is that driving experience worth a hundred grand yeah you know but right now for 50 grand i'd say sure absolutely all day mm. so anyways i was just thinking back and um this 190 i was like okay right now i this is totally within the realm this is perfectly reasonable like i i should absolutely jump on this but when this car's worth a hundred grand i don't know if i would jump on it you know yeah, so i was like yeah. i'm gonna get in now that's kind of my the, what i was thinking yeah. about well, did you tra trailer it back or drive it back had it had it shipped here. Yeah. Had it shipped here. Yeah. Probably a wise move. <laughs> yeah. All right, get it back. <laughs> oh man. Uncovering that car's bugs took me forever. Forever. I do a lot of my own maintenance. I mm -hmm. think you know that. Thanks um, to dad for having you out on the ranch as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually do his maintenance too. He isn't, he doesn't really know how to work on cars. So I do it for him a lot of times. Yeah. Um, I just love taking things apart and putting them back together. And, uh, I'm so busy now with work that I didn't think I would have enough time to do it for the 190. Mm. So there's some things I wanted, you know, ironed out. I want it to be like just absolutely, you know, perfect. So I took it to a few Endy shops and they're like, man, we don't work on those. And I was like, what do you mean you don't work on them? It's like, they're just difficult to get running right. And I heard that before buying one. Mm. And I was like, oh, these guys are stupid. They don't know how to work on cars. So, you know, it'll yeah. be different when I have one, you know, just being very cocky just yeah. thinking I could do it and they're so right man oh my gosh it was a nightmare like getting the thing perfectly sorted out mm -hmm. because that car has it's called Sis Bosch okay and that means it's like half fuel injected and half uh, mechanically injected mm -hmm. you know and they rely on both the sensors and the mechanical system working and it's back in the day where like if one sensor goes wrong it like pings all of the sensors yeah. and so to figure out an issue you have to like individually check each random sensor wherever they're at on the car mm -hmm. and my gosh man uh they didn't want to work on it you know uh only shop that did had like horrible reviews and was like everyone's like don't go there so i was like all right looks like it's gonna be me yeah and i you know picked up a manual read for countless hours just how to fix it and just went with a multimeter one by one sensor by sensor yeah issue by issue and now it's like finally running great 
Um, but man, alive. There's so many times where I was like, gosh, dang, I hate this car. <laughs> <laughs> like starting it up on a cold morning. Yeah. Right. You just got to wait for it to warm up and tick and crack or whatever. And you're like, okay, now I can drive this thing. I'm trying to think even just it's like got personality what? though. I love that. It does. No, right. it truthfully does. And you know, it, I was also doing the classic thing where you dive into it to fix one thing and end up breaking another, <laughs> you know, just, I did that a lot too. Yeah. But it does go to show that like there, I did uncover a lot of stuff on that car. Like, you know, when it has 180 horsepower, like not a lot, you know, for a little four popper, but, um, a lot of people just don't know how to work on them and it had a full service, had everything, you know, it ran fine, but it just didn't feel like it was very peppy. Mm -hmm. And in my uncovery, like trying to make it idle perfect and, and rev perfect and all that kind of stuff, I found out that, you know, this car has two fuel pumps, one above and one below and they run in tandem to like create the fuel pressure needed for that little hot Cosworth engine. The, the Mercedes dealership installed them incorrectly. So it was running off of one fuel pump, which is why it felt so like yeah. puny, you know? And so, you know, it, it was, it was good yeah. going through everything. It was good finding all those little things. And now it's dialed in and now it's ready to rock. And ultimately that's what I want. I want to be able awesome. to trailer it out to racetrack and, drive it like it was meant to be driven yeah so you want that, that hasn't happened yet but I'm hasn't assuming in the yet. spring you're going to be out at Hallett yes. or wherever doing autocross and around yeah. the house now you know I keep going back to like what is a car's experience worth sure. in a dollar amount you know and I feel like I'll never truly love the car and I felt this about all the sports cars I've had I feel like I can never truly love a car until I know what the full experience is like, you okay. know? And to me, that's like taking on a racetrack and just like pushing it. Mm. Like knowing when you know what the limit is on a car, you, you, you almost make a connection with the engineers that built it. It's right. so weird, but like, and uh, I'm really excited for that day in the yeah. 190 because it can already, it can already grip like nothing else, like absolutely nothing. The, I, I, I'm talking way too much, but you let me nerd here. This is here, about man. you, I'm dude. Gonna, I'm letting so you do here, that. Here, here we go. Yeah. So I put these like mint, you know, uh, DTM inspired wheels on it and I take it in to get aligned and granted I put racing tires on it mm -hmm. because why not? You know, I don't yeah. drive it that much. So I put 200 Treadwear um, Falcon RT 660s, which is like the, the autocross tire right now. And they're just stupid, sticky, like ridiculously sticky, yeah. way too much grip for that, that old car. And I take him to get alignment. My, my favorite guy is he's here in Edmond Porters. And he was like, all right, man, we can do two things here. We can have the camber set to zero, um, or we can do negative two, nothing really in between. <laughs> I was like, is that going to wear out my tires real bad? He's like, honestly, I'd be surprised if you make it 8,000 miles, like as a whole, that's a ton of camber on a, yeah. on a stock street car. And I was like, I don't drive this thing that much, dude. Just go just ahead and throw it, it on. Why not? Number yeah. two. And it, the car just refuses to understeer. Mm. I don't care how fast you're going. It will not understeer. I can, I have a, so I, I drove here today in a 2017 AMG GTS and it's an amazing car, like yeah. amazing. And my little 190 can take corners just as fast. No question, yeah. which is shocking because it's so right? old. You're like, yeah. you feel bad going through a corner because you're like, it shouldn't be able to do this. And it does. And then you just start laughing hysterically because you're like, man, this old thing should not be able to do that. Yeah. So I'm excited for when we take it out. You'll, you'll that, be that's shocked. That's going to be awesome to see it. Yeah. You'll be shocked with how much grip it has. Tell me about the, the autocross and the track drive, track day stuff. Like, we, I mean, because obviously that, you know, when, when you're doing that stuff, you've also got to have confidence as a driver, but it also develops you so much more as a driver when you can you know, push the limits, be on track. How'd you get into that stuff? And why, why do you decide to go? Cause a lot of guys kind of buy nice cars. They take them you know, to car shows and don't really think about racing them, but you seem to be, you know, you want to get out and test the limits. Like just said, so I yeah. in why, um, I don't know, man. I think, I think it all started truthfully. It sounds so retarded, but it all started with a Mazda Miata. Yeah. The so foundation I, of most track like, days, right? Like that's yeah. the easiest way to start. Easiest place um, to start. I wanted a little commuter car. Everyone says that Miata is always the answer, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I bought a 2006 NC Miata, manual transmission, six speed, 
a top that if you unhook it going 40 miles an hour, it'll like flat down in like 0.5 <laughs> seconds. Um, and I've had, you know, up, up until that point I had a, Oh, what did I have at the time? I think I was currently driving either a GTR. No, I had an M2 at the same time as I had my, my, uh, Mazda Miata, but I kid you not, man, there wasn't a sweeter car I've ever driven. Like people ask all the time about like I had this really tricked out Nissan GTR with like raised wheels and a ducktail and it was just like mint OEM plus thing, and I would throw that thing off a bridge to drive a Miata. Like, really? I'm not joking, man. That NC Miata was one of the most pure driving experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And part of it was it had the most simple mechanical LSD. And to make that car break the tires loose, to like actually drift it, to slide it, whatever, you had to give it full power. And so I learned how to drift or how to slide or how to control a car, uh, probably a better way of saying it, in that Mazda Miata, Mm -hmm. like better than anything else, because the only way to make it do those things was to give it full gas. And if you let off at all, then you can rein it back in. So it was super easy. Like, you know, the only way you're sliding is if you go full. The only way you're not is if you take your foot off. So it was super, super easy to Mm -hmm. control. And that just kind of like started, you know, I never really understood when journalists would talk about chassis control. That never made sense to me. You're always like, it it steers well or it doesn't. Like it feels fun or it doesn't. But when you get a car unbalanced, you know, when you get it like sliding, when you get it uh, in situations where you know the car does not like it, that's when you're like, okay, I kind of understand what's going on now. And I did that so much with that little Miata that it just made me start testing the limits of every car I ever had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I used to believe that fallacy that if you go to a racetrack, your tires are going to be done. Or if you go to autocross, your your brakes are destroyed. That's just not true. I mean, there are some cars, don't get me wrong. There are some tracks like GP tracks, like Austin and um, Circuit of Americas Mm -hmm. that will destroy some brakes. Don't get me wrong. There are tracks that will do that. And there are cars that are heavy enough that it will really matter. But if you do three or four track days a year, like depending, like we go out to our local one here, Hallett, mm-hmm. you are not going to hurt your brakes. Like, yeah. I mean, you, if you put racing brake pads, if you leave the OEM crap with OEM fluid, yeah, you will overheat them and it will yeah, be a problem. Yeah. But if you have like, you know, a 200 to $400 pad and, you know, $60 racing brake fluid, you can run it all year long and it'll be just fine. You know, it depends on how Simple hard you're trying upgrade. to go. Simple stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it started with going to a few autocrosses and just having the time of my life, being able to slide around legally, you know, not having any issues that yeah. way, learning car control with all these, you know, higher powered, more expensive cars. And then just looking at my tires at the end of it, after doing, you know, people thought I was like freaking Chris Harris out there. I was just doing little slides, you know, yeah. anything crazy. But I remember like looking at my tread depth before going and then when I got home and they were identical. Yeah. And I had been big slides, you know, and I was like, I don't think this tire wear thing is as big of a deal as people talk about. Yeah. Um, especially if you own a car a year. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so then I was like, well, let's try the track. And so I had... Um, a 2018 M2 mm-hmm. uh, that was manual transmission. I put some stickier tires on it and I was just going to do full on autocross that year. Mm-hmm. But my favorite autocross chapter, the Porsche autocross actually mm-hmm. got closed in 2020. And so I was like, all right, well, no better time than now to get out onto the track. And so I took it out to the track and I just, I fell in love, man. It just feels illegal how fast, how crazy <laughs> you can drive a car out there. And I just caught the bug, and now I go to any any of them I can. Just bought a truck so I can yeah. trailer out these cars to far away places too. So that yeah, was a smart buy too, right? What was that Gen One Raptor V Eight? Yeah, Raptor, yeah. Right? I mean, again, like I, you, you're 32. You remember when that car came out? The truck yeah. came out. The first well, time you see them, crazy money for them. Yeah, I remember being you know 2009 or whatever 2008 when those come out, just thinking like, what? You can yeah. jump that thing. Yeah. And I really think in like 30, 30, 20 years, even people are going to look back and be like, man, like they made a car that you could, they made a truck that you could jump mm. and then drive it to drive it to your dental office the next day. Right. That's crazy. And uh, I think mint one mint gen one Raptors will go for a lot of money. And it's just kind of always a truck I wanted. And so I was like, you know, no better yeah, time than yeah, now. Yeah. So you have looking back of the cars that you have, do you have one that you're like, oh, shit, I should have kept it. 
Oh. Or like you really could have, I mean, if you're buying a selling every year, then I assume there's got to be one that you're like, ah, uh, probably should have kept that one. Oh man. Hmm. I loved them all for, di- for I loved them all for different reasons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Is the 190 staying for a long time? It's never going to go. Yeah. Yeah. That one's going to stay. Yeah. Um, I've already put in too much. It's one of those things where like I couldn't replace it. You know, I couldn't get another black, super low miles. Somebody had already put in hundreds of hours myself in this case. Yeah. Fixing it like totally fixing it. There's just no way I could find another one. This one's the long-term play, right? Not not like the short term for the one year. Like, Hey, let's put wheels on it and clean it up and get rid of it. Had I bought this um, and it was perfectly mint and I didn't have to do anything to it. And you know, I've had actually people offer me quite a lot of money for already. Yeah. Like already, which is, they'll see it at a car show. And one already offered like 25 more than what I paid for it. And so that was tempting, you yeah, know, was super course. tempting. Cause at that time I was working through some serious kinks on that car mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, should I just unload this? But I, I couldn't, I wouldn't allow myself to sell a car that wasn't totally perfect. Yeah. And it took months to get it perfect. And then once I got it perfect, I was like, no, whatever. Yeah, I've already totally spent way it. too much time on this thing. I'm just going to yeah. keep it. You mentioned the list earlier. What's on the list that you kind of, you know, if the AMG decides to go sometime soon, you know, like what, what is, what is going to be you know, the, the cars that you want to experience and, um, let me pull that up right now. Yeah. I want to have it on my phone because I'm sure our lists are probably very similar. Well, let me, I, this has been all me. I got to hear something. What are some cars on your list? Do you have anything that's on the the forefront of your mind? uh, So recently I've been on a really big Subaru kick. Okay. I've never driven one never owned one but I grew up in Wales and like WRC rally is huge in the UK oh absolutely and there was like Mr. Colin McRae yeah yeah and like you know the the 22Bs are just going oh, they've yeah. gone over the moon right but like you know Sean up at Misfire does some incredible Misfire Motorsports does has done some incredible stuff with Subarus and he's doing a lot of drag racing stuff with them but his daily is a you know, a, a Subaru STI Hawkeye year, and he's had it for forever. I think it's over a hundred thousand miles, and it's just like it's just mint. You know, it's just yeah, like, looks so good, sounds great, and like I just think that for the money, mm-hmm. right? Like they're probably you get a mint one for like sub forty grand, probably around right. the same as the Mercedes, right? You're gonna yeah. get one that's like, and obviously they're gonna have their problems, and I like the fact that there's someone here that I know, like Sean, who specifies specifically in doing Subarus, yeah. And I just think, you know, I'd love to scratch that itch and just have something like it, that, right? Because I think that they would go with the JDM stuff, right? Absolutely. And the new STI is terrible, right? right? Like they came out and yeah. like, what is that? So I think people are reverting back to the older ones. Um, yeah, I think there's just a period. And, and you know, if it, if it was up to me and I had an abundance of money, I'd just go buy an old rally car. Yeah. Like, because you can track, right? You know, you can, you can, you know, they, buy a Tarmac setup, you know, rally car and the old Fiestas WRCs like the old Ken Block Fiesta mm-hmm. looks nuts one of those would just be wild that would be um, incredible yeah just something like that would be nuts I also kind of you know growing up in the UK V8s aren't a thing right right um, so well they are but it's not like it is here so when first time I came out here you know I'd hear a, just a noise I was like oh what was that and it was like a truck yeah. um, but like I, I've driven I, and I've probably mentioned this to people listening will know but I like I've driven a couple of uh Mustang GT350s, oh, Shelby GT350s. That voodoo motor. So good. And like just for the money again, yes. and they're coming back down now, uh, you know, and like just that sound is just, you know, you can get probably get a really good one for like 60, 65. Right, right. But some of the, the typical America, America spec out here, they come with like the big fat comfy seats and like yeah. very few of them came with the racing Recaros. Uh-huh. And the Recaros obviously is kind of what you want, but they just look so like... I like how they look and you do see a lot of them you know we go to coffee and cars and there'll be 10 of them there right but they right. sound epic right incredible like back to what you said with the Mopar for the money like yeah. it's just so good for the money and I can fit a set of golf clubs in the back of it you sure can uh, and then like the you know I've had the I've driven a 991 no uh, yeah 991.2 GT3 RS okay which is just an absolute weapon yeah like you know, you're driving, and and what made me love that car is that I'm driving down the turnpike, passing Paycom, 
doing 70 mile an hour on the way home on a Friday before taking it to coffee and cars the next day. And this guy pulls up next to me and he's in like an old Mercedes wagon and he's just like giving, he's like 50 years old, give me a thumbs up. And I just looked over, I just smiled. I was like, okay, put, put the exhaust on, put a PDK Sport on, drop it from like fifth down to second. I just yeah. floored it. And you know, when the second, third up to fourth and then I slowed up and waited for him to catch me up and he comes up and he's got his phone out. He's like, yeah. I was like, no. okay, now that's why you buy a car. Yeah, right? like absolutely. I get it now when you meet all these people. You know, probably your dad has probably had similar experiences in his bat wing that he has, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you have that kid experience. I'm like, I love that, you know? I'm probably not going to get that in a Mustang, but like if you have something that's like a GT3 RS or an AMG GTR or whatever it is, like those kid experiences, like coffee and cars last weekend, you know, we we're standing there and obviously Andy rolls in in his, you know, Veyron mm. and. I think to these these kids who one of the sons of another friend of us was sat there and he's like looking at and he's like open the door like jump in yeah. this kid's like are you sure and he's like yeah and the kid was like no really are you sure like the kid didn't want to get in it because he's yeah. like oh my gosh this is a big guy it's Kyle's kid yeah it's Kyle's yeah, kid yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. like jump on in and it's like the kid's gonna remember it forever right so yeah. yeah those are like the three that come to mind it's just like and then I have I have like a because of uh, there was a there's a movie in Wales called Twin Town and it came out like late 90s and there's a scene in it where these two twins were just like they steal cars and they're just degenerates right yeah and there's a scene where they steal an AC Cobra black oh. one and they're racing it up a hill to a to a rugby football field yeah and they, they and there's like these guys are doing like rugby training you know they're having like a team training session and they pull onto the field and they just start doing donuts and then like tear off right and I'm just like, I'd love to have a, like just a murdered out AC yeah. Cobra. There's a guy on Instagram. Uh, I'm hoping to have him on the podcast, I think, soon. I think his Instagram is, it's, I think it's Black Cobra 427 hmm. And he has a Superformance, um, Superformance Cobra. Uh, I think, oh, is it maybe it's just Cobra. Four, it's something like that. And his is just car he's in california so the roof is always down right uh but yeah yeah uh black 427 cobra is his instagram and um he's, he said to me he's like do we do video i was like well i'll facetime you and um you know Oof. but like i he's like i don't want my because he doesn't put himself on any of his instagram i was like yeah well, i'm not gonna post video of you but like i'll you know we'll talk via facetime because he's in california but like that would be epic right because we don't get to see those around oklahoma very often you know, it's funny and, that he doesn't want to be filmed. Yeah, but he's a, got a drop top. Yeah, it's kind of where you see him every. You know, like yeah. you can't miss somebody in the convertible. So, that is beautiful, and that's sick. So those go for about oh, awesome. eighty to a hundred. The super performance those versions ones, of them, yeah, because yeah. you can get a factory five one, I think, depending on the the engine, because you buy the roller chassis, I think, for seventy to eighty. Okay. And then it depends on how much, like you could put a 5.0 brand new Coyote motor right. in it, or you can have like a kind of a Ford racing engine. It depends what you want to do. There? No, that would, that would be, be interesting. Nuts, that would right? be interesting. That would be pretty crazy. But you can put, and they, you know, see the side pipes, they'd sound great. Right. You, know, you only get right, half right. the year to drive it. That's true. So those, like, the four things that come to mind, yeah, would be a Cobra, um, one of those AC Cobra replicas by Superformance. Um, yeah. Some tricked out Subaru that I'll probably have to take up vaping and shake my head. I hope you get the real <laughs> I hope you get the real gaudy one. Yeah. Like the blue with the gold wheels. Yes, like the rally style. Those I the I would Iconic, bet money right? that those are gonna go through they the roof. They have to. Um, they did it. There was a there was there was a version that they did when I was growing up and it was the Richard Burns edition and it was when Richard Burns won the World Rally Championship for Subaru. And my the the pro at my golf club growing up, he had one. And I remember the first day he rolled in, and I was like, oh, "What is that? That's so good!" And then after he bought a low, brought a bright orange Lotus Exige. There you go. From, okay. You remember the one from like the Top Gear video? Absolutely. Chopper was chasing it. Like Love the, that. Yeah, the Apache. Helicopter. He bought one of those. Um, he loved cars, definitely. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, like a golf pro, it. you know, usually such a stoic kind oh, of yeah. stern. He was trying to buy. Yeah, he, guy, when he died, he had a that. he had a nine nine seven Carrera four S when he finally after he, you know when he died. Some tasty uh, cars. Yeah, he row. loved cars. Um, but yeah, like those are the ones that come to mind would be like you know the Subaru Shelby GT three fifty, and they're all kind of, apart from the the. GT3 RS, they're all manual cars too. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, my wife drives a, a Macan and we took it in yesterday for a service and they gave us, uh, Eric was like, hey, here's the keys to a Boxster, like just go, you know, do run some errands in it. And it was a manual Boxster. And I thought I'd enjoy it, but I actually hated it. What? I don't know why. Because. Like well, the manual transmission itself? Yeah. Or it was, the car? 
the manual transmission okay. itself, okay. which I was like, oh, really? It just doesn't have any. It sounds good, kind of, but it, it was just a stock Boxster where I've driven the Boxster Spider, and I love it. Hmm. I don't know why. There's, there's, there must be an engine difference. Yeah. It, it just it yeah. just didn't, it just, I don't know, it was, my wife also hates it. She's like, it's too low to the ground. And the yeah. ride's terrible. It's like, yeah. well, that's Oklahoma roads for you. This is uh, true. But yeah, like I, I'm kind of like, because mm, there was a GT350 at my friend's dealership two or three weeks ago, but it didn't have the right seats. And they've had oh. engine problems too. They had, they, they drink oil, water, right? Yeah, they drink oil and they've had a lot of engine problems with, you know, the warranty. They, Adam LZ's one, he tracked it. And it right, up. right, right. But it sounds like, every time, like, I know what cars I really want because I ended up, like, I go back to the YouTube videos I've watched and I watch yeah. the same YouTube videos, <laughs> yeah. like, over and over again. <laughs> I do that all the time. Like, this one of um, Henry Catchpole drives the Porsche 911 992.2 GT3 when they brought the manual back mm-hmm. and he does the video in North Wales yeah. through all the mountains the white one yeah I know, I know I've watched video. that video so many times like this, that video is the reason I want a manual GT3 right because really? you watch that yeah like, oh, absolutely so much fun uh, but yeah like it's you know it it is yeah it's just got which one do you pick right when you go for the year it's a great way to look at it. Like, I'm only going to have this for a year. You yeah. tell your wife, you know, hey, this is going to be gone in a year. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. You know, and if I buy right, I'll have the... And, you know, a lot of... We all go on vacation, right? Yeah. You know, and a nice vacation. What does that cost? I mean, it can cost $10,000. Yeah, $10,000, right? right? Yeah. And so... Especially if you have a family. I can tell my wife, like, hey, worst case scenario, yeah, this costs a vacation. But I get to enjoy this vacation for a full year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's into that. You know, she says, okay, like, I understand because she loves traveling. So I think that's just my way of like computing yes. dollars to travel, you know, yeah. um, the exchange rate there. And she understands it, you know, yeah. and, and thank goodness we've done okay. You know, we've done well on all of our cars, but there's going to come, there's going to come a time where I'm sure I'm going to eat all my words here and lose, <laughs> lose my bacon. I yeah. It's going to happen, but like, that's okay. Yeah. Because at the end of the yeah. day, you travel for an experience and like to non-car folks, it doesn't make sense. Right. But to car folks, there is an experience of getting in a car, just enjoying it, letting right. go. And then, you know, ha- like creating memories, creating fond 100%. memories. Yeah. Um, I, uh, the, my, see, the problem with me is I already have a golf membership because I, my golf, oh, I grew up playing golf and like, that's the main reason I'm in this country. The only reason I'm in this country is because I came here to play golf. But so like when I look at my golf membership payment, I'm like, do I want to give that up for a car? Probably not. So I need what, to make what club are you at right now? Uh, Galadia and in, in oh, thing, which is not that nice. bad. We got yeah. in at, again. Talk about buying in at the right time. They were, they closed the golf course because they were redoing the fairways after a big freeze. Yeah. So we got in for like, uh, I mean, eighty percent off what they're charging wow. now. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care if the month the startup or the dues. Yeah. Uh, so initial, in, yeah. So yeah, yeah, my initial, initial, like, yeah, my initial huge. cost was nothing basically compared to what they were trying to pay, um, what they were trying to charge recently, last time I checked. And I think I actually closed getting in new members because oh, so nice. many people, yeah. But the monthly is like, it's not bad. Right. You know, it's under $1,000, right? Which That's is in some places, That's right? Great. It's like, yeah. well, you're a country club member. That must be $1,500 yeah. a month. And in yeah. some places it is. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I don't go and drink, you know, I'm not like most degenerate golfers. I'm not out <laughs> yeah. there drinking. I'm out there actually playing golf. Uh, so that definitely helps my monthly payment. Um, yeah, I've never had one over a thousand, but again, like I could be putting that towards a that car, could be a right? Car. Like yeah. it was when yeah, I said to right. my wife, "Hey, what's this?" Well, you know, if I put this much down, it's that much. Everybody has advice, you know. Everyone, I just have two: I have golf and cars. Well, yeah, right? but right now, you, thankfully, it's, it's not watches. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Everyone's got advice. Some people it's shoes. Some people's traveling. Others, it's golf. I yeah. love golf too, by the way. Yeah. Um, so you know, you just you're only on this earth for so long enjoy your vice yes own a car for a year cross off your bucket list you'll never regret it you know definitely I, lo- I love the the way you look at it with a year because I have that kind of part of me thinks I'd love to have you know you'd love to go buy like a, a GT3 Touring for example you'd love to go buy that car and have that when your kid wants to drive right yeah. you have all those like to have one car that you keep for like maybe the 190 I have one already right? it's not the 190 what is it? I have one. Uh, I need to devote some time to this one. It's a C63 Black Series. Y- no freaking way. That car, 
brother. I mean, that's going up in value every day. That car. Can I tell you what we? So yes, please, please huge, go. This is a huge I'm story. here. I am here as long, much as you uh, have. So and you don't have a meeting at three o'clock now. So this could be a four. No, 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 no. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll condense it. There is one car that I have driven that at first I just lusted from afar. Yeah. And you always wonder when you walk up and you open the door, is this one going to drive the same way it makes me feel just looking at it, you know? And this is the one car that I've been in and that I've driven that you look at and you're like, that's, that's it. That's nice. Mm -hmm. But then you drive it and you're just, your mind explodes. And is this car like, let me, let me paint this picture. All right. (laughs) So, it's a 2012, one year only. You know, actually, some snuck into 2013, so I take that back. I guess it's one in a few months of 13. Mm-hmm. Um, 700 examples for the world, 77 for North America. So, wow. not very many came to the United States. And um, of those, about half of them have the big, gaudy wing, you know, the canards on the front. Mm-hmm. So, you got 35 ish, you know, that have the big, the big wing, the big. And of those, you know, it could be silver, red, mm-hmm. white, or black. You know, those yeah. are the colors you get. This is a black one. It's a 2012. Now it has 17,000 miles on it. It's got a full titanium uh, Akrapovich exhaust. Mm-hmm. It's PPF'd, ready for the track. HREs, um, the biggest tires I've ever seen on a C63. And it's got KW race spec three-way suspension. It's like mm-hmm. seven grand, like dialed in, you know, four corner dialed in. And this car literally grows hair on your chest when you drive it. <laughs> I've never, That's awesome. I've never been in a car that makes me feel more angry in my life. I'm not an angry person. Like right. I really am not. Like when I drive, I'm just pretty chill. Um, but this thing just goats you like all the time. It's just like, it just begs to be driven hard. And it's one of those engines where you kind of have to, because if not, the lifters will get stuck and it makes an awful ticking sound. So you actually have to drive it hard to clean it out. Um, But it just makes you feel invincible on the road. So we're going to have to take that out sometime. It's just crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And you'd think with the Krabbage exhaust, it's really loud. And it is, but it's such a low tone. You can hear it from like a mile away, but it doesn't hurt your ears. Mm-hmm. If someone revs it right in front of your face, you're not going to be like, ah. Like, it's know, not like a Mustang. It's not like a Mustang. Exactly. You're not going to wake the neighborhood. Those. None yeah. of that. But it's just such a, just a deep grumble. Oh, thing is an absolute beast. Yeah. So that car is going to be with me forever. Right. Okay. It'll never go. Yeah. And um, I took photos of my firstborn daughter wearing an AMG onesie with it. Like Didn't it's just never going to go. Did you do the recent uh, reveal with it too? My bit, yeah. So my well, that was my first daughter. You know, that, that was, was, that it, was I, I saw there was another. Obviously, you got one on the way. There was another reveal too, right? That wasn't, huh, okay, just so I one. must have seen the seen the yeah, first. So one. that was the got car. You. That is the car. Yeah, um, that is never going to go. And it's one of those things where, so I saw that, and I knew immediately we had to buy that car. Mm-hmm. And this sounds so horrible, but I text my brothers because I'm in dental school right now. I just bought I just bought the F Type R cash. So I had like, I couldn't, even if I wanted to, I couldn't buy this car outright. And my wife would not have let me finance it. So I couldn't buy this car. So I sent it to my dad and my brother. Yeah. And I was like, one of you two buy this right now. I swear it's going to go up in value and I'll buy it the second, you know, I get rid of this car, I'll buy it, whatever. And they both said no. (laughs) And then, and then like a month later, my dad shows up to a car show with this car. So he did buy it, you know, didn't tell me. He's, yeah. he's super generous like that. He's like, he loves gifts, you know. It's his car still. Yeah. It's not mine yet. Because but he didn't tell you. No, he didn't tell me. Absolutely not. Did he say, hey, I'm going to meet you at the car show? Yeah, he just said, hey, I'm going to meet you at the car show. <laughs> um, and so truthfully, before I bought this GTS, yeah. I was going to buy that car. Okay. But my dad was like, hey, like, this is yours. You buy it whenever oh, you want. Nice. Yeah. Like, I don't, he doesn't drive it. We haven't yeah. together. I don't drive it either out of respect for him because it's mm-hmm. not mine yet. Um, I still, I do all the maintenance on it. You know, I make it nice. I do that kind of stuff, but it's not mine. So I don't want to pretend like it is. I don't want to drive it. I don't want to mess with it. Like I am going to buy this, you know, probably when I sell my, my GTS is when I'll buy it. But anyway, um, oh crap. I just forgot what I was saying. Um, 
I don't know where, where I was going there, but yeah, that, that's well, the I mean, Carl Keefe. The fact favorite. that like he bought it and showed up at coffee, like what, what do you think? Do you know it was him when he pulled in? Yeah. Yeah. There's only eight of those in the, in the, in the country. So and like, none of them yeah. have HRE wheels with yeah. all that stuff done up to. So that's I knew awesome. immediately it was, it was that car. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's awesome. You know, he, he's very big on like sentimental things okay. and he wants me to have that for forever too, you That's know, to remember him in a way because, yeah. so this is where it gets really crazy. That car, when we bought it was 83,000. Okay. I say we, when he bought it, it was sure. 83,000. Right now it is worth 183,000. One of 17 in the country. Yeah. Right. Uh, one of, yeah, spec, seven. Yeah. yeah. So one of, yeah, probably eight black ones like yeah. that in the country. Who knows? Well, 17 total. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's, uh, ama- that's amazing. Crazy. Right? Crazy. So now it's, it's gone up 100,000 in three years. Yeah. And it'll, it'll probably just keep going up. Sure. But it doesn't, if you never sell a car, it doesn't matter what the value is. Yeah. It just, well, and also that's the best thing about the special series cars too, right? Is when you go back to what you said, right? You look at the years, you look, you know, you do your average six month process, you find out what packages, you get the highest one, you buy the best example you can, you look at all the forums. And then obviously, you know, you know, buy a local one, but like you look at all that, especially if you buy the special series ones, like they're always going to retain their value. Oh yeah. Right. Like I, you know, I have an unhealthy obsession with Porsche right? and like, you know, the, the, the 2016 cars are still over sticker. Yeah. Right. Isn't that crazy? Like the 2016 GT3 RS, I think it's still over sticker. And I don't think they'll come down. No. Like I just right? think, you know, it just makes you want to get in that club. Yeah. So you can buy one at sticker. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's the car that's staying forever, mm-hmm. um, and so you, the only price you can really put on it, even though it has doubled, you know, in yeah. value. Um, if you never sell a car, then it doesn't matter what the value is, uh, and that's a car that is just truthfully going to be here forever. That's awesome. I just freaking love that thing. It is yeah. crazy. Well, back to your list then. What do we have? Because we didn't okay. get to that. What's yeah, on the yeah, list? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, so, number one. C63 Black Series because yes. it's not mine yet so right. I don't want to count it um, I want a first gen accurate NSX yes. really bad I think uh, I might have even said sure. that earlier yeah. um, and a gated transmission yeah you can tell a lot of these are manual right gated transmission Audi R8 okay. V8 oh, you know, V8 I, I know everybody okay, wants the V10 yeah yeah, yeah. I love the V8, man what are they at trading at right now so they're not much they're yeah. like you know you can find them anywhere between so I keep tabs in all these yeah um, but you can find them anywhere between like 60 for a ratty one, you know, tons of miles, pretty ratty to a hundred for a real, real clean one. Sure. Um, and they're not the most, uh, powerful or like real dynamic cars, no, gated, man, but epic. they're gated and that V8 sounds incredible. Yeah. And it revs like 8,200 RPM, you know, something pretty yeah. freaking high for, for a V8. Mm-hmm. So that one's on the list. Um, uh, this one is really high on the list. It's the the new Vantage, the oh, new really? yeah, Aston Vantage Mercedes manual. car. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. If someone would ask me like, "What's your favorite car?" I would say, "Well, the engine." Well, yeah. I haven't had a Porsche yet, so okay. let me let me backtrack. That's, that's going to be dangerous. For I know, you. I know, I, and I've actually put it off for that reason. Yes, I know that You're once smart. I get into that world, I'm never going to come out. Yeah. So I want to know everything else before I dabble, which is just being totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so the new Aston V8. Vantage with the AMG motor, but with the manual transmission, mm-hmm. the seven speed uh, E46 M3, mm-hmm. mint individual color, Ford GT, uh, the 2005 F12. Really love the Ferrari F12. Um, I want a 1990s G Wagon. I actually came close to buying one oh, like wow, a few yeah. months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1990s G Wagon. I just think they look so cool. They look great, they're iconic, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of stupid, but I feel like the 2000. <laughs> Two to 2010 you're like kind of trying to make it you know any of those but yeah. if you have an older one who cares no like, one cares no one yeah. cares they're they're super cool anyway um i really like the audi rs7 oh yeah when that car came out that was another one that was just like ooh, i gotta have that yeah, yeah. and no real rhyme or reason just it's been on the list for a long time mm-hmm. lotus amira yes. i think the amira looks they look really good. so good you know i heard they don't drive that well but yeah um, and then this one's kind of a pipe dream because I don't know if we're even going to get it here, but the Alpha GTA M look amazing. There was a video on, there's a YouTube video of a guy, you've probably, you've probably seen it, the guy, um, 
uh, his he's got a graph find. He's got a great Instagram, and he borrowed this guy's Lotus recent uh, within the last couple of years, and just goes drifting around it. And it's on HREs, has exhaust, and he just like the video is just him taking his mates out in it, and it's done like millions of views. And he has a YouTube channel, and he has a he had a green M1. That oh, he sold. nice. Um, oh, what is this? I think it's I'm trying to think what his Instagram's called, but it's um, he's in Germany and. The the, the the video's incredible. It sounds awesome. But, yeah, I'll have to send that to you when it's done, and I'll put it in the notes for people listening so you can refer to that below and go watch it because it's so cool. It's just him taking... It's the only video that ever made me want the Lotus because this guy's, like, sorted it out. It's just black and gold, and then this guy can drive. So he's just, like, he takes his dad out in it. He takes all his mates out. It's just a video of just, like, him take the people's reaction. Is this, like, a new or older It's a newer one, yeah. Okay. Is it yeah, like not, a- like, a super new one, but it's, like, the... Um, Evora or something? Yeah. Uh, it's an Exige 380. Okay. Because okay. I just pulled it up now. It has 6.8, 6.7 million views. And the Dang. page is called Heel and Toe. Uh, it's Heel and Toe I do feel page. like I've seen that. Yeah, it's, you'll see the logo. And he's just taking his friends out in it. And the car sounds incredible. It's like a 10-minute video of him just drifting. The video's three years old. So I'll link that in the description. You can go watch that because it's uh, epic. Um, well, mate, this has been an absolute blast. I'm trying to think of what to finish up on. Obviously, you just said you've been waiting to get into a Porsche, which... Um, I'd love to help you do that if you want one because there yes. is one there is one for sale right now at the dealership $172,000 GT3 2018 with bucket seats okay. uh, but it doesn't have a front nose lift which I think people need a front nose lift it's in God's red looks really good um, I tried to get my wife to sit in it yesterday <laughs> I was like that's the one I keep sending you she's like oh okay cool very nice <laughs> yeah I get that a lot uh, but yeah man it's been an absolute blast for, for so obviously the AMG is going the GTS is going to go at the end of the year, yeah. maybe. Yeah, Are you probably. going to try and find that R8 then? Is that the one? Like, Is that in chronological order? Chronological or is order like is probably going to be this summer. This summer, depending on how... I've been tracking that GTS, and yeah. it's just a monster on track. So reliable, mm. too. Um, so I, I don't know. It depends how long the track season is. Should sure. I go? Is when I'll probably unload the GTS. But the next one is the C Black Series. I'm going to buy that one. Probably yeah. June of this year, maybe sooner. Nice. And then I really, really, really want an NSX before I yeah, can't yeah. before I can't justify the money. Right. So it's probably gonna go Black Series, first gen, yeah. NSX, and then something okay. goofy. Yeah. I don't know. How do people find you on Instagram? How do they kind of reach out, get in touch, see you, whatever? Um, if you want to talk about teeth, you can come to any office I work at. Uh, <laughs> but that's probably not why anyone here would be coming yeah. to me. Hey, people need teeth. Uh, people do need teeth. I have an Instagram. It's called Skirt Garage. I used to make YouTube videos a lot more frequently, mm. just on like how to repair stuff. Is the you know, YouTube channel called Skirt Garage? Yeah, it oh, is. Okay. It's S K R T dot Garage. And yeah, made a ton of videos. Haven't lately, just been so busy. Mm. But my Instagram for just car stuff is also skirt dark dot garage. Sweet. Well, Connor, mate, thanks so much for coming down. Of course, man. Uh, you know, glad that we could share some stories and talk about cars for over an hour. And excited to see. I can't believe there's the next gold car. Look at uh, that. Yeah, this we could sit here for hours. That's the thing, right? We'll have That's to do true. this again. I'm gonna have to come out to the warehouse with you and Dad Absolutely. and check it out. And I think me and you should co-host a podcast and interview your Dad. Let's do it. Let's do that. So for everyone listening, I'll put links to uh, some videos in the description, Connor's Instagram page and YouTube page, and we will see you next episode. Cheers.